Hey folks, it's us, podcasting wonderkins John Bishop and Lucas Southworth. Although this is a podcast about cars, it is not age-appropriate for the target demographic of these films, as we usually end up talking about the reproductive organs of Lightning McQueen. Alright, now let's take a look under the hood. everybody and welcome to the kachat it's the only podcast brave enough to ask the question hey what's up with cars i'm lucas southworth and i'm dad he is dad came i don't i already i don't like this energy (laughs) dad came to join the podcast i'll stick with it for a little bit at least i am a dad now that means i'm like the upgraded version of whatever i was before yeah john's back He's here. Woo. One, John revealed to me he hasn't even listened to the side road episodes yet. So I can tell him whatever uh, happens in those. But as I did say in the last one, when I revealed John was coming back, he did tell me that being a dad is, quote, pretty easy. And that also, quote, sorry to other dads, but he's different. <laughs> uh, so do you, do you care to comment on that? Is is being a dad pre- a pretty chill gig? Yes. It's super easy, barely an inconvenience to steal that from Ryan George. Uh, So my job is to be the support staff for my wife because I can't produce milk, but she can. Hmm. And uh, milk is just about the only thing that my baby consumes, that and attention. And if you think he doesn't consume attention, then you're wrong because he starves for it because this baby boy he doesn't like to sleep, except he loves to sleep, but he only likes to sleep or loves to sleep if you're holding him. Mm. Well, fair enough, I guess. You know, if, if you these demands seem to be working out for him, so I'll support him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, how would you say becoming a dad has changed your your view on the cars first, John? I'll just continue down this train until you stop me. Well, uh, as a dad, I can say that anything and everything we've said about pregnancy may or may not be true, but misses the bigger point of like, it's mad freaky looking at something change every day and also cleaning up its poop. Mm. Yeah, that's fair enough, man. (laughs) Yeah, sounds sounds wild. Now, when my boy was born, he had a face and now he has a different face. And that's very strange. Mm. I imagine that for cars, the changes are going to be a little bit more subtle. Now, that's interesting because I could also see them being wildly, wildly less subtle, you know? Uh, Could be. Because as we've maybe theorized, they just switch out faceplates. So maybe they just try some stuff out, you know? Mm -hmm. It could be that. Or it could just be that since these are our cartoon, simplified, stretched out, looks kind of palatable human faces, but not actually human faces, that uh, the younger version is just going to be a little bit smaller. Whereas uh, I didn't know this until I was frightened by the soft spot. Like I knew about the soft spot existing, but babies have a soft spot in their skull. I think two even. Uh, And the thing that I didn't know was that those things take six months to go away oh man that's wild i i i know what soft spot you're talking about so the skull can like finish forming and whatnot Mm -hmm. it's just a spot where it's not fused so that the head can expand drastically because that's the thing that grows the most it would seem man there's brain in there that's weird Mm -hmm. i don't care for that and uh there's a family guy episode in which they're joking and they say oh, the reason Meg has to wear a hat is because her heart is in her head, or at least that's what it was when she was born. And it showed a baby with like this pulsing brain, but heart thing. And uh, that's real. Oh, no, you can see it move. 
whenever he's warm or feeling particularly awake, you can see his heartbeat in his soft spot. That's real freaky, man. Like, yeah, it is. You, you, you've created a miracle of life, and I met Rory, and I absolutely love Rory. But man, that's really freaky that your baby does that. Mm-hmm. Remember how he was wearing a hat when you met him? Like, yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there are many reasons to have a hat on your baby. Sure. The worst, but the one that I think a lot of people feel very strongly about is hiding the pulsing and the scary soft spot yeah i'm i'm glad i I, i'll say i'm glad that that was hidden because i was already pretty nervous when i held your baby as you can attest i'm sure Mm -hmm. but man a just seeing that would have freaked me out just in general but b because then i would have thought that's the soft spot that's the spot that if thing if things break bad, you don't don't let anything happen to that. Okay, okay, mm-hmm. Lucas. It's a it's a human life. It's okay. Oh God, why'd they give me this? The the worst part is like, it's very very. If this was a video game, that's where you're supposed to aim, <laughs> and it's very upsetting because it's just like, oh, this is the weak spot. Yeah. <laughs> It's the giant glowing eye that you're supposed to use your slingshot that you got earlier in the dungeon on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, other than the uh, existential horror and, you know, feeling like I'm not able to do very much because, quite frankly, I, I'm not. I can't produce the food for the child and the, the child needs, like, a few things and one of those things is food. Other than that, super chill. Like I said, sorry to other dads, but he's different. (laughs) Oh, good to hear it. But anyway, John's back, so we're going to talk about cars probably, right? Uh, Sure. Or we could talk (laughs) about Suicide Squad. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. John wants to talk about Suicide Squad, and he's been gone for two months, so I was just like, eh, sure. You get this one. (laughs) Why not? Okay. Okay. I will say... And you don't have to reveal it now. I did have a condition. Do you remember my condition? Uh, you didn't say it was a requirement. You did say that you would like to, in some way, relate it back to cars. Yes. Uh, and I think I even said, even if it's a comically stupid way that we're just using to justify talking about it. All right. So All right. be thinking about that. I have some ideas of my own, I guess. Okay. So uh, where do we where do we start with this Strange, strange movie. I think we start with saying, hey, we're going to spoil Suicide Squad, which like we always spoil the movies we talk about. But this one like just came out recently. So like, don't go watch Suicide Squad before you listen to this. Or if you don't care about Suicide Squad, that's fine. Listen to it. Stuff happens that we will talk about that would have affected you more if you saw it in person for the first time. All right. Uh, So. That's the spoiler alert. And let's start off by saying, hey, this is a movie. Its whole premise is that uh, the government doesn't value the lives of criminals. So neither does this movie. So many characters die. Yeah. Yeah. None of which. Well, actually, maybe technically one of which commits suicide. That's fair. You're absolutely right. It is, of course, assisted suicide. So there's that. Speaking of, John, do you know my favorite villain or one of my favorite villains is that uh captain boomerang i love captain boomerang and i get it it was a really effective cool scene that set the tone at the beginning by killing a bunch a bunch of the members of the suicide squad but they even got the guy who was like one of the bright spots of the one that was bad to come back Mm -hmm. and then they killed him which was which really, really served their purpose. I get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially with him. But I just like Captain Boomerang. The, the whole thing is, I think that that was an unfortunate decision to make. Because I understand and agree with the decision of anyone can die. Even this character you like that's already established, that's in other movies. Even he can die. But there's this glaring obvious thing of yeah but there's still one character who can't die yeah we after the movie 
uh, just a movie theater uh, employee, because we saw it in theaters, uh, came in and asked us what we thought. Uh, and they said, yeah, I really thought they were going to kill Harley for a second. And I didn't say this, but I went, never for a second did I believe that they were going to kill the hallmark of successful DC movies right now, Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn. They said, like, there was a, a torture scene with Harley in it in which someone said, let's see how she feels without all those fingers. And never for a second did I think they would even cut off a finger. Which, like, d- don't get me wrong, Margot Robbie, every time she's been Harley Quinn, has been a phenomenal Harley Quinn. I'm glad they didn't kill her. But also, you're right that in this movie about high stakes, never for a second did I think they were going to slaughter the proverbial golden goose. Absolutely. <laughs> like, they kill off Captain Boomerang, which I thought, okay. That's a bold decision. I'm sad about it. But like that was, I think, maybe a mistake doing it that early. And the reason I'm going to say that is because later on in the movie, they kill off several of the main cast. And it feels more impactful then because we've been with them for a while and we think that they're going to be significant in the movie and then they just die. I think killing him off early establishes this idea of anyone can die nothing's off limits when that should definitely have happened later in the movie because it immediately takes that back yeah i get what you're saying i'll put aside my personal love for the ridiculous character of captain boomerang and say the fact that they brought who is it jay courtney uh i think it's jai jai courtney yeah you're absolutely right uh back and we're like, oh, cool, they liked him, and then immediately killed him. It, I mean, what James Gunn was going for was like, hey, no characters are safe. Uh, and I know that Harley like kind of ruins that a little bit, but doing it to Boomer, like, you know, fully establishes it better than you know Nathan Fillion's uh, <laughs> TDK, or uh, as we both much more prefer. Arm, arm fall off boy. Arm fall fall off boy. Of course, uh, <laughs> man. They, just, they shot his arms and it hurt the the main him, and that was a good gag. Uh, <laughs> okay, so I didn't know it was Nathan Fillion until after the fact. I just got to share that. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like it's not quite like I'm going to spoil a gag in Deadpool too. It, it's <laughs> not quite to the level of uh, the invisible character from Deadpool 2 being Brad Pitt the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and you see it in half of a second, maybe when he's being electrocuted to death. But it's a similar vibe. Like, again, mm-hmm. it's not to that level, but I don't know this for a fact, but I'm pretty sure he wore the mask the entire time you saw him. It's bold. He drank a Mr. Pib. That was fun. I don't know why he did. <laughs> but Yeah, it's, it was a good. Uh, I liked it. J- j- I guess we haven't given general thoughts. I like yeah, that. Was I think that was uh, first impressions of yeah, just yeah. what we're gonna say. Uh, yeah, I I liked it. It wasn't amazing, but it was good. I, I would put it on the level of uh, Birds of Prey, which I also liked a lot. Not quite Shazam levels for me. Shazam's still my beacon in the DC movies. We don't have to get into the art. <laughs> are vastly different opinion on some of the movies specifically featuring Superman. But that's sort of where it is for me. Shazam up at the top with Wonder Woman, Birds of Prey, and The Suicide Squad as like the B tier for me. Okay. Okay. I would definitely put this a thousand miles ahead of Suicide Squad. Oh yeah. The original night and day, night and day. One of them I don't know who described it to me like this, but someone described it as it's like watching the storyline of a bad PS2 game where it's just like, oh, get to this location, get to this location, fight, 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 get to this location, fight, 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 get to this location. And then everything's just kind of really drab, uh, grimdark for no reason. Yeah. It's just so bad. And I mean, I've heard people talk about it a lot that... They feel like, and it seems like there's evidence of the original Suicide Squad 
It's basically two movies that got jammed together. They did a very serious first cut of it, but then did a comedic trailer that people liked a lot. And then they were like, oh no, there's no jokes. Oh no, it's all serious and Harley Quinn never smiles. Uh, And then they went back and filmed a comedy movie. And then instead of picking one or the other, they're just like, ah, pick and choose. It's it's very much what they did with Justice League, except somehow much worse. Yeah. And I'm not saying Justice League, the first one, was good. Yeah. I'm not even saying it was like, okay, it was fun to watch, but it was a bad movie. <laughs> uh, whereas the original Suicide Squad was a very bad, very unfun experience to watch. Yeah, like, I'll give you that. Like, I did not like Justice League, and I haven't seen the Snyder Cut, so we don't need to get into that. But like, again, you're right. I had, I had fun at a lot of the moments, not all the moments, but a lot of times I was like, eh, they're fighting things. Flashes running around. This is fine. I, all right. man, no point of the original Suicide Squad was fun to watch, which is wild because it's a superhero movie. That's yeah. sort of the idea. All right. Okay. So we've rambled for a bit. Let's, let's get for our audience's sake a general rundown of this movie we may have spoiled how the beginning works but let's go for it will do yeah they they introduce us to the suicide squad and it's a bunch of people you've never heard of captain boomerang and harley quinn with rick flag there who is like the gun man pete davidson's there nathan fillion there's a weird creature named weasel who in in the comics uh this is weird was a firestorm villain and also wasn't a weasel man he just wore a costume and was a serial killer didn't know that that's really weird they they do a bunch of setup with these guys and like you're like ah the eagle-eyed amongst you are like hey where's idris elba and john cena and king shark from the trailers but we'll get to that uh but they set him up as like ah we're gonna follow these guys then they go to a beach and just get absolutely decimated, except for Rick Flag and Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. And then they reveal, oh, there was another team led by Idris Elba. This first team was just a distraction and to set the tone of the movie. Yeah. Tangent time. Just the fact that they had uh, Pete Davidson in it and he was a part of that first team. I knew that was doomed. I knew it was doomed because they had Pete Davidson and quite frankly, Knowing the first movie and how they had a man immediately be blown up, even though he was a part of all of the press for it, I knew that Pete Davidson, the reason he was there was to get some viewers and to die really quickly. Yeah, but at least it wasn't the level of who even is the guy who can climb everything? What's his actual name? I don't remember i want to say it's something like whiplash but it's not slipknot maybe slipknot i think you're right at least it's not that slipknot he can climb anything uh <laughs> at least they like have some fun and have pete davidson do one or two kind of funny things and there's a lot of it's revealed that they're there because oops someone got starro <laughs> you never want to get starro uh and if you didn't know that starro was a part of it you know, for just a minute. Bella's pissed. All right, I've, I've come up with a solution. Not a good one, but a solution. It's a comfort that you have a newborn baby, uh, but it's still Bella who chimes in and <laughs> interrupts the recording. Yeah. Uh, there's every chance that he's going to as well. Sure. He does like to start screaming as soon as he is not being held or fed. That's fair. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. You were talking about Starro the Conqueror. All right. So in case you didn't know that Starro was the big bad, even though that was like in all of the promotional footage, then they try and like, I guess, make you figure it out in the movie because it's Project Starfish for a while. Mm-hmm. You could have just called it Project Starro or something. Yeah, <laughs> you certainly could have. If you don't know, Starro is a big starfish that he takes over people's minds by putting smaller starfishes on their faces. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was the first villain of, is it the Justice Society or Justice League? 
uh, I can't remember, but one of the first big team ups, you're right, mm-hmm. was against Star. Star was like super duper bad news whenever he shows up. Yep. Uh, unless you're talking about like within the past 20 years, in which case he is just Jaro. So yeah, Batman has a, an in a jar version of Starro. I know he's not supposed to kill things, but maybe just kill Star the Starro at this time. That'd probably be the right <laughs> choice. Okay, so yeah, that's that's the big monster they're going to have to fight. And that's the reason that they're supposed to be there, right? To kill Starro? No. Nope. It's... But we'll explain that later. <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll spare you like every moment that happens, but the team led by Idris Elba, uh, who is Bloodsport. Also, I'm sorry, it's Deadshot. It's basically Deadshot, played by Will Smith. Yeah, it's not dissimilar. A <laughs> criminal who does what he does uh, because he's good at it, but also has a soft spot in his heart for his daughter. Yeah, they sure kept it similar. Which, like, honestly, I'm fine with it. He Idris Elba had a cooler gun. John Cena's there. He's Peacemaker. He's basically Captain America, but w- horrible. Uh, there's a little girl who controls rats named Ratcatcher 2. She's more of a young adult. And there's a shark man and a polka dot man. Also, Harley and Rick Flagg reunite with them at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, the shark man's name is King Shark. He's got the uh, intelligence of a four-year-old? Something around that, I'd say, yeah. And he likes to eat people. He sure do. The thing is, is he's a big shark man. So (laughs) there are constant times where you're like, did they just kill King Shark? And then he just gets up from the building that fell on him. And he's like, oh, well, okay, makes sense. He's a shark man. (laughs) Because at first, nothing hurts him. And then some cute little monster fish who he thought were his friend start eating him and they just do a ton of damage real quick. And you'd think that if something like a weird, cute little crab fish could tear you apart in seconds, that bullets would do it too. But nope. They're magic fishes or something. I don't know, man. (laughs) They get to the big tower. (laughs) Peter Capaldi's there. He's got a bunch of stuff in his head and he's the thinker. And he's been torturing a big starfish alien for decades and it's it's freaking pissed mm-hmm. it does not like him understandably i'd say mm-hmm. and his whole thing is that he's supposed to be super intelligent and he augments his brain with weird nodes he stabs into his skull which that's a choice it's spooky, but I liked his character design. It was, you know, spooky. Yeah. I don't know. Starfish gets out. Hijinks ensue. <laughs> oh, we said we would reveal this earlier. Turns out the mission was not to destroy the big starfish, uh, but was to destroy any evidence of U.S. involvement of getting the starfish and experimenting on it. Mm-hmm. Wah, wah. See, uh, that's when you find out that John Cena's uh, Peacemaker he was given a different mission than everybody else who was given a different mission than everybody else. Cause there were, yeah, there were two teams and then there's a team within the team. And his whole thing is he's just going to get rid of that hard drive that Rick flag finds in seconds. They're in a, a giant server room and Rick flag is able to find the hard drive that he is 100% confident is going to create the, oh, not create, have all the information about the U.S.'s involvement. And that's it. Yeah. It probably was labeled bad stuff for U.S. press to see or something like that. Uh, Absolutely. I could actually see it maybe being set aside by Peter Capaldi to blackmail them. Still doesn't explain how he found it so quick, but I don't mm-hmm. know. It, it killed the big starfish, Rick Flag and Polka Dot Man die, which is a shame for both yeah. of them, I'd say. And uh, the character with absolutely no powers uh, is primarily responsible for killing this thing. And I mean, it's weird because you could say, oh, well, uh, it's the rats that do it. But also, for some reason, these rats weren't able to get into the eye of the giant monster with a giant eye. 
until it was poked with the javelin. The javelin's javelin? You the remember javelin's him. javelin. That, mm-hmm. that Flula guy played him, and he died within 10 minutes. And then he gave the javelin to Harley. It was a fun running gag with her like, I don't know what to do with this freaking javelin. Mm-hmm. She found uh, several things to do with the javelin that involved killing people. Mm-hmm. So, good for her. Also, she is a better uh, hand-to-hand slash armed combatant than an entire uh, militia. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Checks out. I mean, she, we wouldn't be doing movies about her if she wasn't good at stuff. <laughs> yeah, uh, my my... Wife has just said that we need to talk about the weasel. Oh, we're gonna talk about the weasel. Okay. So, <laughs> no time like the present, I guess. Go ahead. All right, let's just throw this out there. Uh, the weasel is a beautiful bit of foreshadowing that is done for something that's about to happen in like a minute or two. And what it is, is he is the first example of this first team was not meant to succeed. Because nobody checked if the weasel, a serial killer who just happens to be a weasel monster man and doesn't even seem able to communicate, no one checked if he could swim, despite the fact that they were going to be parachuting or dropping into open water. Yeah, he's the first, well, spoilers for the end of the movie, he's the first presumed death. Uh, cause he just sort of drowns. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, it's a good, it's a good gag. It got me pretty good. He is saved by Savant, who is an incredibly capable fighter who doesn't fight. Yeah. I mean, I get it. He just watched everyone else die. He could have helped them before that, but they, he didn't. So yeah, I'd run. But he saved the weasel. So who knows? For better or for worse, he did save the weasel. Yeah. I'd okay. say for worse, because at the end, he just sort of coughs up some water in a post credit scene and like runs off to murder mm-hmm. more children, I guess, because yeah. it's canon that he's killed 27 children. Mm-hmm. And that's that's like his whole thing is that he is a weasel man who doesn't seem to have any special abilities and is just kind of limited, I guess. And he kills children. I don't know, man. He survived drowning, so maybe he's got some imperviousness. He only survived the drowning because Savant dragged him out of the water. Yeah, but they they had vital signs that said he was dead. Maybe he can just revive himself. Maybe. That could be his thing. Yeah. Which, if they didn't know that, they're bad at their job. Which... They are. Let's talk about it. They're bad at their job. They also didn't check to see if Idris Elba was afraid of rats when he was on a mission with a young woman who can control rats. They didn't even stop to ask, even though at in the beginning of the movie, when he's introduced to the rat catcher, he freaks out because of the rat. Yeah, could have been, could have been good to mm-hmm. check that. Okay, so the weasel is a mad, freaky, creepy boy. True. And he's also, I think, my wife's favorite character. He's played Some, by Kirk from Gilmore Girls. Who is also in other parts of this movie and seems to be in anything that James Gunn does. Yeah, he's his brother. Brothers. Yeah. Uh, he was, he's also just a, a bald jerk in the original like establishing shots. He's uh, Calendar Man in that specifically. He's Calendar Okay. Yeah, if you look at the tattoos around his head, uh, they are just the months of the year. So he's Calendar Man making fun of Polka Dot Man, which makes the joke even better that it's Calendar Man picking on Polka Dot Man. <laughs> Shows you how far down the ladder Polka Dot Man is. Even which, though like, Polka Dot you... Man has some devastating abilities. So if, if Polka Dot Man had just focused on what he was doing, he could have killed Starro by himself. Yeah. If... If you're questioning that, no, I'm he not. dissolved its leg in seconds. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. I thought Rick Flagg's death was like nice and like powerful of like, we sort of thought the deaths were behind us. And like Rick Flagg is like intrinsically linked to the Suicide Squad. Like it's kind of wild that they killed Rick Flagg. Mm-hmm. 
that one hurt me the most. Yeah, it hurt, but I also liked the choice. I didn't love the choice to also kill Polka Dot Man. His joke felt like a punchline when his whole arc was becoming more than a punchline. Yeah, they they did that uh, quite a bit. So for some reason, this movie treats death with a lot of like severity and seriousness Except when they think it's funny. Except when they absolutely do the exact opposite of that. Yeah, like, Rick Flag dying, it's a kind of, like, deeply impactful moment if you care about the character at all. Good old Polka Dot Man, he just gets smashed and then no one bats a second eye. Uh, Polka Dot Man was also the character who was deeply moved by the death of someone who just tagged along because he was a part of the resistance. He wasn't any sort of hero or villain. He just tagged along because he drove them around and Harley didn't even remember that guy existed. And the poor guy gets blown to smithereens. It's really sad. Uh, Polka Dot Man is really moved and affected by it. And then Polka Dot Man just gets smashed for the for the lulls. Yeah. I, they could have done a Polka Dot Man death in a way that I like liked, but I didn't dig that. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, it didn't take me out of the movie that much, but, like, honestly, Polka Dot Man was one of my favorites. And, I again, I get that the whole point they establish in the beginning, we will kill anyone anyway. So, like, mm-hmm. again, it didn't, like, hit me super hard of, like, oh, they just sort of did this to this guy. But I don't know, it went against his arc in a way I didn't love. Yeah. How do you feel about uh, their interpretation of Starro? Very good. Very, very spot on Starro. Starro rarely has much motivation other than I will conquer and destroy or I am just a giant misunderstood space creature. Mm. And they did both of those. Yeah. His, I mean, as he died, he said, I'm going to get the exact words wrong but I was content to float the skies and look, gaze upon the stars, something to that effect. And I went, oh man, they killed the big starfish. He was just a spaceman. Yeah, he was just a, a spaceman who did what came naturally to him. I will say my only tiny gripe with Starro, and there's a YouTuber called Nando V Movies, Uh, who did a video about this, who said the exact same thing that I thought. But I'm going to say I thought at first, I just did a media thing about it second. Mm -hmm. But the big fun of Starro stories for me is that Starro takes over someone we know and then everyone has to fight them. And it's Mm -hmm. like, oh no, we got Superman. Now we, we know how devastating Superman is. This is crazy high stakes. And like, you couldn't have done it with like a Superman because they establish in this version of Starro being Starroed kills you immediately. Mm-hmm. But it kills you immediately and can be prevented by placing your hand slightly over your face. Yeah, that was wild that none of the militia thought to do that. None of the militia, including the militia surrounding the people who do that. Like, okay. Several of these characters have helmets or masks that would prevent that from happening. And for some reason, I don't think any of them were wearing them at that time. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was a little weird. <laughs> but I will say, and this was also in that YouTube video I watched, but I did think of it too. But also credit to him, if you don't believe me. Uh, he does a better job explaining it, I'm sure. There was a group of established characters with cool abilities who are already proven to be disposable, who we established at the beginning of the movie, who, I don't know, it would have been cool. It doesn't have to be them, but if Starro Starroed the original uh, Team A Suicide Squad, and then they had to fight each other, that would have been really cool, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, Uh, it would have been neat, but then also like, then I'd be holding out hope the entire time that it doesn't necessarily kill you to be starrowed. Cause I'd be like, Oh look, it's captain boomerang. He's been starrowed. Maybe they're gonna fix him. Yeah. I think 
I think that could maybe be done by like fully establishing no, he got their corpses. Like we they are fully established dead still in that first scene. Mm. Uh but then he's just animating their corpses uh to do their abilities. Uh which mm. would also require a slight change. Man, the Star Road people of uh Corto Maltese were not very capable. True, and I think it makes sense simply because it's a hive mind and at the same time like it's got one eye and probably lost all of its other senses. So it's just a slightly sight based, but not even very good sight based taking over a creature and controlling a thousand of them at a time. Yeah. Like again, I think the way they did it was good. Just like, again, my favorite part of a star story is like, ah, they took over someone we know. Oh no. Uh, and that could have been a cool opportunity, but the, the way they did it was still pretty cool. They also did a, a nonsense that I don't like, which is anybody can die at any time for any reason or any way, except John Cena. He's too big a character. Yeah. I don't Why'd know. they keep him alive at the end? Well, they're doing a series with him. Did you see that? <sighs> see, that's the answer to the question. No. Yeah. It's because it... it's John Cena. They want to use that as much as possible. And yeah, I get it. But like... It makes you lose faith in a film if its premise is that anyone can die and there's not one, but two exceptions. Yeah, and like, I know you're talking about Harley and uh, Peacemaker being the exceptions. There's actually even a third. Yeah, uh, of like, the two credit stingers are, oh, Weasel's not actually dead. And that one, the first one was like, oh, that's kind of funny. Sure, that's fun. Why not? But then the second one is like, oh, also, Peacemaker also isn't dead. And that right after the Weasel reveal, especially, I think, was like, okay, this cheapens some things if you're if both of your stingers are, they're not actually dead. I mean, you're missing the one that I was intending, which is the other character that is too, we got to use this character. They could have... Okay, so one character in this movie that makes almost no sense because of how just like blatantly evil they are, Amanda Waller. Yeah, they go hard in the paint making you dislike Amanda Waller, huh? Amanda Waller is a character who is willing to do anything so as long as she believes it justifies uh, the ends. So why is it that for some reason they decided that that means that her character wants to have a massive population of men, women, and children who are all innocent, uh, viciously killed. Yeah, that decision didn't make a lick of sense of me when she was like, okay, just leave now, guys. Don't worry about the big starfish monster. Because, like, even discarding any morality argument of, like, save these people, it even if like you're like Amanda Waller's thing is I protect America. These aren't Americans like the big starfish monster can get off the island. I bet it lived in space. It doesn't care about limitations. So that's a dumb argument. And then you could be like, okay, but if all these supervillains die, they're going to be traced back. To, nope, that's what the Suicide Squad's for. You're not going to trace them back to anyone because they're extremely expendable and they're also all supervillains. So they're well-known. And also, this place is a well-known haven for supervillains on account of the president falls in love with Harley Quinn and plans on marrying her. That was a weird plot line. Resolved mm-hmm. well by Harley murdering him, but... <laughs> Showing was, some growth. Yeah, it's still kind of weird. Yeah, I just, I I think, like, it also showed that Starro got, I think they said literally every time it Starroed someone, got a starfish on their face, it got a little bigger. So giving it the entire population of a small island nation would make the thing probably pretty powerful, huh? And guess what? I'm pretty sure you just said in this movie for some reason that your big gun Superman is down for the count for a little bit on account of being shot by 
one of the main characters. Yeah, like, I don't know. Like, even if her thought was like, ah, we got Superman, and if not Superman, Wonder Woman, The Flash, etc., etc. Like, I don't know. That's just a, a starfish. If you can kill it while it's small, make your team kill it while it's small. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. I'm not saying that she should have even necessarily ordered them to kill the starfish after it had escaped. I'm just saying it's absolutely insane for you to think that your team of highly expendable supervillains, that you should order them not to do it. Yeah. Because think about what that is. Worst case scenario, they die trying to help people. Worst case scenario. Yeah, I don't know. It like that was one of the moments like that did take me out of the movie a little bit because like it felt like they just needed some conflict there, you know, mm-hmm. and they had to show that these people had good hearts. But the problem is that you've got these supervillains and for some reason your your decision on how to show that they have, you know, some decency in them is to show that this law-abiding citizen actively hates an entire island nation of people. Because that's the only explanation I could get for why she wants them all to die. Because she she wants them to just be consumed by Starro. She wants that. And the only way to stop her is the thing that I was going to complain about earlier, is... Someone bashes her over the head to knock her unconscious. And I think that if your entire premise is that anyone can die at any moment, I think that even if that wasn't meant to kill her, maybe that head trauma would have killed her. And you're absolutely right that somehow they got Viola Davis to be in these both of these movies, so they are not going to kill her if she keeps doing them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... I I see what you're saying with that. And like, I think the extent they went to before that to show Amanda Waller, like being horrible was like fantastic. Like I love the character of Amanda Waller because she is so, so fun to hate. Uh, Mm -hmm. And they executed that really, really well with like the, Uh, peacemaker having the secret mission to destroy the evidence of the u.s involvement and stuff and uh her ordering him to kill rick flag and all that but then that just felt like cartoonishly like twirling the mustache that like (laughs) ruined everything before that and it mirrors a scene earlier in the film where it actually makes you feel for her she is telling savant hey stop you're going off mission, you're actively avoiding this, and we need you to do this. And also, if you're breaking the contract, I can't allow that to happen because then I lose control over everyone. She felt that she actually had to kill Savant because of what he was doing, because it was going to be harmful to her operation and the mission. She was screaming and like there was like clear sadness that she had to kill this guy. She didn't want to kill him. And then when the bad guys tried to save the people, she did the same thing because she wanted to kill them because they weren't doing what she wanted. Yeah, I don't know. I would say that's that's maybe my biggest complaint with this movie is that moment. I think you're right. Yeah, you're just thinking, well... She's the character everyone hates. Let's have her do something where people are going to hate, like sacrificing women and children, because that's a strangely prevalent thing throughout this movie. Yeah. 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 The uh, protecting his daughter is why one of the main guys is doing anything he's doing. Uh, the relationship between a father and daughter is all of Ratcatcher and Ratcatcher's two saga. And also, Taika Waititi, which is fun. Yeah. Uh, he is Ratcatcher 1. Um, and then Harley Quinn's whole side story where she falls in love immediately and then likes this guy, but kills him as soon as he's willing to sacrifice innocence. Like, 
it's a huge prevalent thing of that is what evil people do and are like. And that misses the mark with Amanda Waller because Amanda Waller is never meant to be evil. She's never meant to be the bad guy. She's only ever meant to be the good guy who's willing to do evil things. I'll, I don't know. I think sometimes Amanda Waller is supposed to be fully the bad guy. And what you were saying earlier about, I could see the same scene working well with just a tiny tweak of instead of like the screaming, shouting, I'm going to blow your heads up if you kill this giant world threatening starfish. If it was complete indifference from her would have been like real, like I think could have played the scene well of like, I don't care about these people. Like you can kill the starfish if you want, but you've completed the mission. Uh, We'll come and collect you or you can kill yourself trying to kill this big starfish. I don't know. Yeah. I think I would agree with that. I, the reason I say evil rather than bad guys, because Amanda Waller is pretty much always the bad guy. Yeah. But she never is the bad guy because of like self interest or malicious intent. She always just is doing the mission and she's willing to be bad for the mission. But I want you all to turn back because I want these people to die because then I won't have to even worry about this thing that can't get out getting out. That's just insanity. Yeah, it was weird. It was weird. I didn't care for it. Yeah, and I I would agree that her just not caring would have been a much better choice. And, And would have given the same message of like, she has no interest in saving lives, saving innocence. Her, she's just protecting America. And uh, if you want to have there be a conflict in that situation, just say, okay, if you're going to do that, just know that I'm pulling out. All of your escape is gone. You're no longer going to be able to get away from this. I had a transportation ready for you, but it's leaving now. Yeah, I think that does it. That way it's the decision of, I don't disagree with what you want to do. Because all you're doing is trying to kill the giant monster that's going to try and destroy the world. Uh, But I'm not going to help you do it. I'm not going to sacrifice any more resources for you. Yeah. John, let's make is a cars podcast. Let's make about cars now. (laughs) Okay. So there was a man who tried to increase his intelligence with technology. Well, if he plugged into a uh, car. Bada bing. Done. Thinker becomes Lightning McQueen. Thinker becomes Lightning McQueen. There's other possibilities, like the whole thing is this starfish is taking over people's minds. And then uh, puts them in cars, uh, obvious, obviously. Where do all those consumed consciousnesses go when the starfish is dead? Obviously goes directly into cars. It's Starro... Car O, it's right there. It's right there, folks. I had an idea of a, a fun game we could play. It's the simple game that I think you could probably predict. Let's build a little suicide squad of our own out of car the cars characters. Okay. So is it gotta be criminals? Because that's gonna limit us a lot. Doesn't necessarily have to be criminals. Just like. Characters with abilities, characters who we th- like. If you're like, oh, this character reminds me of Rat Catcher 2, throw them in there. I don't know. We'll play fast and loose. And if we're like, oh, we just picked all the characters with missiles from Cars 2, then we can try to broaden our horizons a little bit. Okay. Well, clearly, Finn McMissile is like the blood sport or the peacemaker of the group. He is designed to kill. Yes, I could see if we're factoring in uh, morality. I could see him also being the Rick Flag. Mm-hmm. Of course, Mater's just going to be the most powerful. Yeah, he's going to be what she tried to have Enchantress be in the first one. Uh, but like, he's cool, so he'll just go along with it this time. It could even be that Mater is like the Peacemaker who is... I'm just going to be real. I think Peacemaker just was pretending to be a prisoner because nothing about his character 
isn't like, oh, this is just a soldier, uh, an extremely enthusiastic soldier who is willing to commit war crimes and is already a part of a distinct branch of the government that commits war crimes. Who is enthusiastic about committing war crimes, <laughs> I would maybe say. Another time they reference man, woman, child. Uh, I love peace. I, I something. I don't know the exact words. I love peace, and I don't care how many men, women, and children I have to kill to get it. Yeah, that's and man, that's a commentary about something. Uh, Jambalaya chimichanga is a white car covered in colorful polka dots. Who is also willing to. I think do crimes because I think that place is probably an underground, not so legal thing. Yeah. So get some, someone at, at car labs, uh, to do some experiments to make him be able to shoot massively, massively dangerous polka dots out of himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, snot rod. Ooh, snot rod's good. He's fire boy. Yeah. He's, uh, Who's Diablo? Is that the guy from the first one? Mm-hmm. The one who just became the essence of a demon at the end? Man, that was a weird movie. Yes, it was. <laughs> just a very weird movie. I mean, I know I've already drawn from Thunder Hollow, but Miss Fritter would be a powerhouse, huh? Yeah, but the problem is, although she's like a very capable person, uh, the Suicide Squad relies on like side characters, and she doesn't feel side character enough. Okay, how about this? I haven't gotten there completely on why, but El Chupacabra. (laughs) I mean, he's got a name already. Uh, They need someone who is... uh, Can't fly. Able to fly, and also willing to be culturally insensitive. Yeah, and like he also is like just a weirdly sized plane, if I remember that which is about the level of power that many members of the Suicide Squad often have, is just being like, eh, they're kind of weird. Is a weasel. Yeah. Has a javelin. Yeah. Uh, Has his arms fall off. Which brings me to Fred. Ooh, Fred would be fun. A guy who can just fall apart and be put back together easily. And is also very rusty. Oh, John, the smoke jumpers. Mm-hmm. all of them all of them <laughs> they're their own little sub team yeah okay we've i don't think i would feel comfortable with like most of the other characters from that movie so no i'm good i guess maru yeah i could see maru maybe being like a sort of thinker character or maybe just like a home base like there's an episode of Justice League Unlimited where the Clock King is a member and his whole job is to just tell them when to do stuff. I could see Maru doing that. Fair enough. Okay. I I think I take it back. Maybe Skipper, just because he'd be another like gruff old man who's very talented. Is Skipper the the guy who trains him who's afraid to fly at in the first one? I believe so. Okay. Man, Planes is a bad movie. Mm-hmm. Very, very uh, open about that. Yeah, it's a bad movie. I'm not gonna sit here and pretend like it's not. Like I don't know, Cars and Cars Three, and to some extent Cars Two, and some extent Planes, Fire and Rescue, I can appreciate parts of, but Planes One is bad, <laughs> and I won't apologize for thinking and saying that. All right, there's also Blade Ranger. And that's just because I feel like Ed Harris belongs in a Suicide Squad movie. No, that's fair. It, he's the one who lost his partner from Planes, mm-hmm. Fire, and Rescue. Okay. Now, I feel like we haven't dipped into like the antagonists enough. Could Chick Hicks? Chick Hicks has been shown to fight dirty, at the very least on the racetrack. Yeah, but he's also not like good at much more than racing. <laughs> yeah, but... TDK isn't good at anything but putting his arms and slapping ineffectively at guns. Yeah, that's the best part of his whole character was that he was all confident. He threw his arms out at people and they just started slapping people. He was very ineffective. It was fun. Okay. 
So we've got Cars 1. Do we think... I can't remember his name. The uh, the steer, I don't remember what he is, but the guy who nearly chopped... Oh, Frank? And, is it Frank? Yeah, the big like harvesting combine thing. Yeah, Frank. Do we think Frank? He could be like a good sort of killer croc, king shark kind of character. Yeah, yeah, I actually that one. really like that addition to it. It's pretty dumb, but I like it a lot. I could see the 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 Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde plane car. From, oh yeah, from planes one. Obviously, obviously, he actually has a power. Yeah, that's a pretty good. Uh, crew we've put together and for those of you who are about to bring up the fact that uh clearly we've established that luigi and guido should be in there no they're only ever good guys Uh, obviously obviously even though we say they're criminals they're still good guys also i never know how we sound to y'all so if that was just several minutes of us naming cars characters you do not remember sorry (laughs) now how are you feeling about the movie in general? How many how many pistons? Let's see. Again, I liked it a lot. Like I didn't love it. Like again, Shazam, I loved. I loved Shazam. It wasn't a perfect movie, but like it was very very good. This one was pretty good. I liked it a lot. I'm feeling a six or a seven out of ten, some somewhere in that range, maybe a seven. All right, so like uh, four four pistons. Sure. What <laughs> you know, I don't do participate in the piston rating. All right, and uh, I'm gonna just agree. I'd say like I'd say probably six for me. Yeah, like yeah, uh, it's pretty good. If you yeah. have HBO Max, there's no reason not to watch it. I'd say. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I don't know, man. You got anything else? Suicide Squad or otherwise? I think I had a uh, fun fact of the day that I had just forgotten. So I'll share with you an interesting little factoid. When it's not formula fed, a baby (laughs) uh, tends to, well, if they're breastfed, is so capable of processing that milk effectively that they don't need to poop very often. So like unto the Kim Jungs, or at least their claims, they don't need to poop very much because they're so efficient, which means that uh, my baby boy may have gone a full week without pooping. Wow. He's already blowing us all away, folks. Oh, he did that to his diaper when he did poop. Oh, John got it. Then <laughs> uh, I'll say before we start doing outro stuff, listen, John, listen to the side roads before our next episode. I want to talk to you about them. <laughs> okay, fair enough. And you too should listen to them. I had my friend Rob on, and he we did an origin story on the good dinosaur, uh, which he has been asking us to do for since we've had the podcast, basic since we've had origin stories. I had Liz on, and she reviewed all of my car's memorabilia. Uh, and I had my good buddy Emma on last week, uh, who is a, a former Disneyland cast member, and she gave me sort of a virtual tour of Cars Land. So three, three bangers, if I will say so. And then John came back and we talked about not cars. All right. I'm very happy to have John back. I'm happy to have you back, John. I've, I've missed it so much. I've also missed just talking to you. Hey, that's nice, bud. Miss talking to you too. That's all the sincerity you get. It's the end of the episode. And by all the sincerity you get, I don't mean that because I do need to thank you for listening. Uh, so... And I am always sincere when I do that. So thank you for listening to this podcast. I know this week wasn't really about cars, but we did a little at the end there. I thought, ah, John's coming back. Let's ease him back into it. And also, I'm not going to pretend like I didn't want to talk about Suicide Squad. Uh, I've gotten off track. Thanks for listening. If you want to send us an idea that is related to cars, please do it. (laughs) Send us an email at our email, which is thekachat at gmail.com, or follow us and tweet at us on Twitter, at thekachat. And we, you think we have any ideas anymore? This is episode 101. We don't have ideas. 
send us please send them to us now for the first time in a while john's gonna say his stuff remember to like comment subscribe tell anyone and everyone you think might be the least bit interested in this kooky little podcast and until next time remember to float like a cadillac and sting like a beamer man fitting right back into it you haven't lost Mm -hmm. a step oh boy i've i've been psyching myself up for like probably some time (laughs) i'm glad i didn't hit stop recording for that revelation glad we got that recorded (laughs) 